Hello, and welcome to Reflections, 5-Minute Encouraging Biblical Stories. We ended our discussion seeing that our Father has a meek heart that serves others and carries their burdens, allowing us to have complete and total rest. This is perfectly described in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. We don't have to rely on the ever-changing and undefined wants of the many gods that surround us and that surrounded Paul. We have faith and hope in the fact that our Father looks out for us and truly cares for us. Through our weaknesses, His strength shines. His character is in contrast to that of the Greek and Roman gods that we discussed in the last episode. The twins, Castor and Pollux, were apparently supposed to protect sailors and warriors from life-threatening situations by using their boxing and horse-taming skills. Our father, on the other hand, does not have limited power. It is interesting that the Bible mentions that the seal of the twins was on the ship from Alexandria that Paul and the group are now boarding. Let's see how this all plays out and what happens next as they're back underway after a three-month delay. Acts 28, 12. And landing at Syracuse, we tarried there three days, and from thence we fetched a compass, and came to Regum. And after one day the south wind blew, and the next day we came to Puteoli. This is interesting that it mentions that they fetched a compass. Did they not have a compass before? Seems to me that compasses are vital to knowing where you're going. We are blessed to have a Father that is our compass and guiding force through all situations. We may not always hear him as loudly as Paul in visions, but that doesn't mean he isn't giving us directions and guiding our steps so that they don't slip. Like it says in Psalms 119.105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If we want to know what our Father is saying unto us, we have to read his word and try to understand who he is and what his plan and path is for us. Okay, not to beat a dead horse, but there is one last point that needs to be made about the island that Paul was stranded on. As we read above, the ship carrying Paul from Melita to Rome stopped at Syracuse and then Naples for just a few short days. The speed that the ship was able to reach Sicily implies that Melita is current-day Malta, not Majit. If the ship was indeed at Majit, it would have first had to have come to Ancona and go down the coast to Syracuse would not have been necessary and taken several days. This is all according to the Times of Malta and the last time I mentioned it for now. But now you have trivial information about the island where Paul was shipwrecked on and have a good conversation about it. Acts 28, 14. Where we found brethren and were desired to tarry with them seven days. And so we went toward Rome. Well, that's awesome. First, how awesome is it that Paul knows people up here and that his ministry has had such an impact that literally anywhere he goes, he knows someone. Then, it had to be absolutely spectacular to see a familiar face and friends to spend time with after all of those experiences before heading up to Rome. It's also pretty amazing that the centurion let Paul stay with them seven days before they had to leave for Rome. Paul is reaching the end of his journey, but God is allowing him to see his friends. It's really awesome. Acts 28:15. And from thence, when the brethren heard of us, They came to meet us as far as Antipiforum and the three taverns, whom, when Paul saw, he thanked God and took courage. Did you see that when Paul saw the brethren, he thanked God and took courage? 
I'm not sure about you, but there are definitely several people in my life that I thank God for each day, and I greatly appreciate that they are in my life. God is so good to give each of us the people we need in our lives at the time that we need them and their encouragement. Right here, we see a perfect example of friendship as outlined in 1 Peter 4, 8 through 10. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins, using hospitality one and another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. I was listening to a book recently called How's Your Soul by Judah Smith. Great book, would recommend, especially as an audiobook. And this was one of the points, to love those around us, thinking the best of them no matter what they do. Love covers a multitude. Friendships aren't just for the sunny days or the days that they give you something back. They are also for the rainy days and when you must put forth much effort. Did you see it says use hospitality without grudging? I'm not sure about you, but I've definitely had grudges while giving, and that isn't the way to do it. As we saw here, once the brethren heard Paul was in the area, they traveled to see him. True friendship and commitment. Remember that in your friendships and interactions with people today. Think the best. Join me in the next episode to see what happens next in the life of Paul. Paul.